0: you will get frustrated. Yeah. You will 100% be frustrated and that is normal. It is a very uh, can be frustrating and time consuming tool 100%. to learn, but it's such a valuable tool and will add so much production value to your films and to you as an artist when people want to hire you.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Rough Cut Club. I'm your host, Joey Nakotra here with my co-host, Mr. Shane Reitzhammer. What's going on, brother?
0: What's up, everybody? Excited about this one, man. Uh, I think we kind of come from the same background and belief system, but we'll see. So what, what episode is this? What are we talking about? So
1: today we are going to be having the Great Gimbal Debate. Uh, talking about the difference between manual stabilizers versus mechanized stabilizers, some of the good things, some of the bad things, the pros and the cons, uh, and just riffing a little bit back and forth on you know some of the things that you like, some of the things that you dislike, when you use them, when you don't, uh, and why they're a tool that can be used in different situations. That's right man and
0: I feel like that what you just said there too that it's a tool and it really depends on the shot yeah. right but I got a question for you okay, man Okay yeah Start if us I can, off. if I can just jump, jump in, right in I know. bro Okay Let's go. all right so what
1: was your first gimbal ever like- so- Very first gimbal was a GlideCam HD 2000 back back in the day. Um, This is, I think, pre mechanized gimbals actually ever existing. Like I don't think I I think they had like the big boy ones that were you know thousands of dollars, but they didn't have like the prosumer uh, versions of the gimbals back in the day. And so I started out on GlideCams um and even pre meeting you i was already utilizing them um several several years ago and that's what i started out on i remember when i when you showed up to uh, one of the first sets i
0: ever hired you to be on i think it was like a event recap or something yeah. we were working a conference and you showed up and you had the glide cam you know hd what did you say 2000 hd 2000 yep and i was like yes this guy's got the same setup, same setup as I do, and I, and then I was watching, you know, you know, you were fresh out of college, and uh, but you had experience, which is right. I could tell with how you were using the the glidecam, and uh, if any any glide cameras out there, you know, it's all about the the touch, the finesse. touch, yeah, and uh, and that takes a long time to learn, and yep. and, and um, I saw that you were already doing that technique instead of you saw a lot of people with glide cam or or any of the the weighted not mechanized gimbals they would be sitting there and they would like swing the arm right or they would try to do it one-handed and not giving that guide touch so yeah man that's uh that's great i saw the the glide cam in your hands and i go
1: cool we've got a base starting point together glide camera that's right yeah. Well, um shout out Gladcam. Yeah, shout out Gladcam for sure. But there is um, there's a lot of differences on uh you know, these two different types of stabilizers. But I want to talk about some of the things that are different between the two um and, and kind of just see you know, how you approach or approached back when you were shooting more often. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Retired. Yeah, before he's now a big shot director, producer. He used to be a cam operator, and now he's not anymore. But back in the day, how you would go about choosing which one. um, And so one of the things that I definitely noticed is how the movement between the two are different. Do you want to dive into some of the specifics on how you feel like the movement is translated differently when uh you use a mechanized versus mechanical
0: yeah i mean i think uh gosh there's there is there's very there's a lot of similarities but there's a lot of differences right uh back when we were using mechanical glide cam uh and not that i wouldn't still use it there's still times that you need to use it but there are only certain moves that you can do with those right uh, types of gimbals and set up stabilizers, right? So, for example, uh, moving towards like a push and pull, right? You can do push and pulls yep. with it very smoothly. You can kind of go up and down, like uh, pedestal up, pedestal down, or uh, you know, if you want to call it dolly up, dolly down. Um, but you can't get as much movement right. and motion as a mechanized now right right? and so that was kind of a a game changer to go wow i can do a really big type jib shot that i couldn't do with the mechanical but to the same point uh unless you've mastered the mechanical or the mechanized yeah some of the shots you do on the uh mechanical is actually um smoother in my opinion right and more natural looking. And I know that's opening up a whole other topic, so I'm gonna save it.
1: Well, and I actually agree. So I think a lot of times there's just a naturalness that comes with the mechanical stabilizers that is, you know, no gimbal out there uh, that has a motor telling it where to move is going to be able to replicate to the same degree because it is, you know, just a weighted system how how the camera moves, it really does glide and and float through the air mm. in ways that, in my opinion, translates to a more natural looking shot than Gimbal's. Um, but, you know, that being said, there are also shots that you can't do on a, you know, a steady cam that you could do on a motorized gimbal, like the 360 barrel roll, for Mm. instance, you know Mm. what I mean? They have that dialed down now where it's a, it's a super, you know, niche creative shot. I use it a lot in, um, you know, hype reel uh, music video type settings, more so than like narrative stuff. Uh, Although we did use it for our horror movie, um, not long ago. That's right, that's right. But, you know, things like What lies within. Yeah, check out what lies within. but there are some, you know, shots that that's not really a natural movement, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you could do it on a ste- sta- uh, like a me- mechanical stabilizer, but I mean, gimbals got that move dialed down, and they make it so easy to execute so quickly.
0: Yeah, and I, and I want to jump in because I think a lot of it comes down to the operator, mm-hmm. right? And I think this opens up. This is where I, I really want to dive in, and maybe this is the old school mentality. But I always say you can tell if somebody was trained on a mechanical gimbal first. There's so many filmmakers out there picking up the mechanized gimbals, and some of them are doing really dope stuff with it, right? They are utilizing the tool in the correct way, and others, you see a lot of people that just start out. And even when I, man, when I picked up the uh, mechanized at the beginning, I'm like, oh, you can do all these types of movements and th- none of it's natural, though. You don't yeah. see those types of movements, you know, going forward and then going to the side. And it's you have to realize what is natural and makes sense for the shot. And right. people are pushing boundaries and, and changing the, the art form of those moving shots. So it's important. But I will say two things. The advantage of starting on a uh, uh, mechanical uh, over a mechanized is that it's the body. Right. Uh, positioning of a gimbal operator, right? And so, like, I, going back to that first uh, time watching you, even just, you know, the hand touch is a little different now. Obviously, we were guiding. We were the me- mechanized gimbal, yeah. right? Our, our fingers were. We were guiding it in the direction we wanted, but the body posture was everything yeah. too, right? You have to have, cer- have a certain stance, and you have to master that stance to not translate any of the uh vibration and bumps into the mechanical gimbal. Yeah. And so when we would get footage back from some of our shooters down the road, right? Like I remember you and I talking about this same discussion. We said, why is there so many bumps and shakes and like micro jitters. And I feel and you see this walking thing. And and sometimes it's the person does not properly balance their right mechanized gimbal. And that's step number one. You got to master that just like we had to do that with the mechanical. But it's the walk. Because then we watch and we see them actually walking with it, and you go, "Oh, bro, you, you can't walk like that. Yeah. You're you're shooting all of that energy up through your knees, and that's why we're
1: seeing this bobbing bounce, yeah. and bounce
0: movement. Um, it's the
1: ninja walk. You got to master the ninja walk. That's right for the for the mechanical stabilizers, which you know you don't necessarily have to do when you know you just put a gimbal in somebody's hands. But I think it 100 percent helps. Uh, to minimize those movements and those jitters that you see with the camera bobbing up and down. And so people that started out to your point on a, you know, a, a glide cam or a steady cam or something like that and have learned how to operate that are going to have an easier time translating that movement over to a gimbal whenever they go to operate that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk real quick about the weight of them mm. because you know, there's a lot of different kinds of you know whether you're using like a real small small end one um or a larger you know there's all sorts of different weights of them Mm. uh but some you need to wear a vest on others you need a ready rig you know you need these different type of contraptions in your experience um how has the weight distribution just like over time been uh for you well, let me say this: that
0: my age and uh, the lack of working <laughs> out like I used to, I need a ready rig for all of them, yeah. bro. I need you just go in and slap trap on my vest. Yeah, no, but uh, man, I have loved seeing that evolution. Because uh, uh, so going back to GlideCam, right? I had the HD two thousand. I had the XR one thousand, which was the little like smaller one. I had the HD two two thousand. Yeah. Then I got the four thousand, and then I got the uh, the, the pro. pro. Right. Yep. And the pro was, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is so much lighter. Yeah. This is going to save my back. This is this is great. Um, and then, if you want to talk about um, uh, mechanized, you know, when uh, DJI Ronin came out with stuff, I, yeah. I, I, and going back, you were like, there was one, and it, I think it was Free Fly uh, Movie. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was actually, I remember watching and seeing this like gimbal being created. And I saw it was like in Russia or Germany. I can't remember. Uh, I was it blew my mind. I was like, yeah. "This is cool," and it was like ten or twenty thousand dollars at the time, yeah. um, just for that unit. And then obviously it came down and became more accessible for the uh, general pop. But those started off super big. They weren't yeah. all the DJI, you know, Ronin S and, and whatever you have. See, this is the old guy. He only know he's. St- I stopped at the Ronin S. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of others out there. So uh, you know, those are really uh, lightweight yeah. and compact. Um, which was great. But if we're talking pro-level, you know, Movi Free Fly or even the DJI Ronin Pro, I always like having some sort of support Mm -hmm. um, depending on what project we're working on, right? Right. If it's, you know, if you're talking a small uh, shot, quick, you know, run, uh, event recap, you're a wedding videographer, you don't need, in my opinion, that, Right. big bulky gear. Okay, unless you're working maybe a big crew, you got a red team and yeah. you got somebody just dedicated to gimbal and just rocking it all day. But in a lot of those situations you're picking it up, you're shooting, you're putting it down. Yeah. Now on a feature film set, um documentary or anything or a commercial set where you have a long, you know, take or a oneer, I'm all about throwing on the ready mm-hmm. rig, throwing on a, you know, something to give you some support yeah. because you will fatigue and and going back to that body um, posture your fatigue will then affect your shot. Right. And I've noticed that. I've gimbled on the uh, Movi free fly for a long time now. And, man, I mean, especially I love long takes, wonners right. right? And, like, you know, two and a half, three-minute, five-minute take, and you're like, oh, we want take six, seven, eight? Yeah. I think I did, uh, I think it was eight takes in Washington's armor on this long ballroom scene. And I was toast even with the ready rig, man. Yeah. You,
1: you start fatiguing and it'll translate to your gimbal. And yeah. even for even for some of the, you know, people who aren't operating on like movies and whatnot, um, you know, the glide cams or the steady cams and whatnot, you you hold all of the weight in one of your arms. Um, you know, when you when you upgrade to the actual steady cams and, and the vests and stuff like that, it, it kind of helps distribute the weight throughout your whole body. But when you're getting started and you're using like a smaller, you know, prosumer level one. Uh, all of the weight is in one wrist, and so depending on how heavy your build out is, you know, without a, you know, an actual support vest, it becomes pretty difficult really quick. So one of the things though that I don't like about the uh, mechanical stabilizers though is when you're operating outside uh, and there's wind, it totally mm. throws. Uh, my whole experience off with them because I've you know if it's if it's a pretty windy day and you don't have an extremely heavy rig that can you know counter out the wind, you know you're your whole stabilization, your horizon line's going to be, you know, very, very slanted. And so that, to me, is one of the big disadvantages of cams for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I've definitely experienced that. Um, and even in some high wind, you can get some some gnarly stuff with the mechanical, but it definitely doesn't... You kind of uh,
1: have to offset, though, right. and and then you're not getting the full, just, like, true, balanced-out rig. Right, right. So I, I will say, uh, and I, I'm going to ask you this question, are there certain projects
0: or types of filmmaking that you would still choose a mechanical over a
1: mechanized? Yeah. Well, and and so yes, the the answer to that question is if it is like a fast paced event recap type project um, or a run and gun shoot altogether. I think that having a you know a mechanical stabilizer is super handy in getting quicker. Shots, um, especially if you have like a zoom lens, um, where when you actually zoom and and you know you're offsetting the focus. If you do that with a gimbal, you're actually frying the motors up and damaging your equipment um, and whatnot. But I'll say like for narrative and in, in the feature space, um, whenever you're you whenever you're doing dialogue, like walking scenes um, or, you know, floating through somewhere where the camera is um, panning as it's, you know, as you're pushing, um, where you're doing more more than just like a straight push and pull shot. Um, I really feel like the mechanical steady steadicam rigs with the vest have the more natural movement that I want translated in my feature narrative work. Um, that being said, I normally don't have a budget to make that happen. <laughs> um, and and you and I own the movie. And so we we tend to u- utilize it more um, in, that, in that space. But I do think that the Steadicam is a better tool for just having the movement being translated on those projects. On that same note, What I love about the movie is how versatile it is uh, to be utilized in numerous different ways. Uh, You can you can be operating it. You can pass it to another person. You can rig it to a jib. You can rig it to a car. You can do you know it's it's way more compact, and so you can fit it inside of a car. You know there there's or there's so many different ways that you can utilize the tool that I feel like it is more versatile. Uh, in nature but i do feel like the movement that you see from a movi or a gimbal does not outbeat the mechanical stabilizers but i do feel like they are a more versatile tool that can get more jobs done the wind isn't a problem you know things like that and so i do feel like the versatility they definitely take the edge i i love that
0: about movi because i think it was the ninja star that we bought and mm-hmm. then the the toad hole you know you can pop that off quickly, pop it on the jib and throw up the mimic and then I'm good to go. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna operate. operate it
1: without even holding
0: it right And so the versatility like you said and the speed on set, you know it, and I will say this too, Movi takes a long time to learn how to be mm-hmm. even just balance the dang thing and then and then be a good operator yeah. on it and, and I'm still learning every day. Um, or every set, right? Or even right. before the set, hopefully. Um, but it's it, there's a lot of tech that goes on with it too that can go wrong. You got to, you know, have all your Lots additional pieces you and wrapping the cables, and making sure nothing's tugging and pulling. Um, but I love that setup. But I want to go back. I will, I agree with you on the uh, mechanical, like, and this is again back when I was filming, I'm going to just give a case study sample, right? I remember back when I was filming wedding films and yeah. the I had the uh, DJI Ronin S so I was super pumped about the new, you know, toy, the new piece of gear and had practice with it but I took it to a wedding and I put it up and bro- broke back the glide cam out cuz to your point it is a little more run and gun and uh, you know when you are switching it, it, glide cam you can pop on and off the camera super yeah. quick and the movements that I were needing to get w- weren't that technical where i needed a lot of different movement that i couldn't get with the yeah. glide cam and so i was way faster and probably that was a comfort thing as well I was way more comfortable and later as i progressed uh using the two systems i did keep the Ronin yeah. s but i had to get a second body right. i got a second body camera which is a good idea anyways but i would have one that was like my uh and tights and then i would have my gimbal cam just set and sitting and waiting for me because that was the other thing the speed to take it on and off, it just took a little time. Like you yeah. pop it back on, and you had to make tweaks. So, you know, it, it goes back to that saying, the right you know, tool for the job, right, right? and the shot. And so I can definitely see him being used uh, depending on what you need for that shot. But I had to share that wedding film story, yeah. man. I remember bringing it to a wedding and just yeah. and using it for like five minutes and being like, this ain't it. I got to put this up.
1: Yeah, yep. Well, I know that I have definitely had like an ebb and flow in, you know, my preference in using one versus the other, um, you know, the time it takes to set them up or, you know, like with a movie, I will only actually break that out if there is two cameras. Um, if, if there's just one camera, it takes way too much time to go, uh, you know, from that back to sticks or handheld back onto it. It just takes so much time. Um, where, you know, on, on a, on a steady cam, uh, it's a very easy process to mount and unmount it from whatever sled you're on. And so, uh, for me, that's, that's also a factor of, do we have two cameras that we can play? Um, so that's, you know, just another food for thought.
0: Absolutely. And that's exactly why we ended up investing in getting the Komodo, you know, something smaller, which reduced the weight on the, uh, on the Movi, uh, which helps the operator. Um, but then also something that, you know, then we can fly two cameras uh, at an economical approach, right? Because yeah. that, that's what we run into is, well, client only has budget for one camera. Right. And if we really want to get the shot with the Movi for this commercial or this brand spot or this music video... You, you're gonna kill an hour and a half to you know break down your your build, put it yeah. on the movie, and then put it back. So yeah, great point, man. Yeah. I couldn't agree more.
1: The other thing too is uh, you got to make sure you have batteries charged for mechanized gimbals versus stabilizers. So batteries aren't needed at all when you're just offsetting with weight and whatnot. But if you don't have, or it's really not a huge deal. It's just something to keep in mind. You know, if you have a limited batteries. Uh, or someone didn't know how to charge them properly, or something. Or we were even having problems with our Movi batteries. Uh, one of them recently, where they had to—I uh, don't even remember what had to happen. The internal components had to like st- reset the battery cells. Basically. Yeah, yeah, like the cells and the batteries were, yeah. you know, wonky. And so, anyway, um, just just another thing that you have to manage when you're using a gimbal that you don't have to manage when using a stabilizer. That's
0: right. Stabilizer, the battery is your arms. The battery Come on. is your arms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You are the battery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I got a, I got a question yeah. for maybe some of the uh, newer filmmakers that yeah, might be yeah, listening yeah. in. Uh, how do you get started? Because again, going back to 2010, Yeah, uh, when I started using stabilizers... So frustrating. And that's what I hear from so many people. This this is frustrating. And you see a lot of gimbals, uh different types of gimbals from glidecams to uh uh mechanized, you know, Ronins, whatever. Yeah. On secondary markets being sold, right? Facebook marketplace, uh, you know, ShareGrid, whatever. Because people get frustrated with them. So newer filmmaker, I want to learn how to, you know, be a gimbal pro on said uh, system. Yeah. How
1: do you, how do you start? Well, I think that there is value in learning both. Um, I, I I do think that, you know, if you're getting started, you're trying to, you know, decide to buy your first one and whatnot. I think that there is actual value in, in having both tools. If you can, uh, you know, afford the expense of both. Um, what I'll say about mechanized, is in my opinion, that is a really great piece of equipment to buy used because, you know, there's no moving parts, you know, what you see is kind of what you get. Um, And I would have no problems buying one of those from somebody uh, if they've been used, but I would have a lot of reservations buying a gimbal used just because I don't know what, you know, the previous owner, I don't know how they took care of the motor. Um, and so the motor could go out on you very shortly after if it's been abused by you know not dialing in the weight and whatnot perfectly. So if you can swing both, I would buy a used mechanical stabilizer and I would buy a brand new out-the box uh, mechanized stabilizer and so that's 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 where I would start. I would buy used on one I would not go brand new on the other um, if if budget is an issue. That said, if you learn how, to start on a mechanical stabilizer, you are going to be a better operator on a gimbal because of the, you know, ha- learning the movements and, you know, the motions of natural, you know, steady cam operating. Um, and
0: realistic shots like we talked about. Totally. Right, You get a lot of these guys going left and right and forward and stuff. And it's like, you know, it, again, depending on what you're doing, sure. maybe it makes sense for a music video. But you'll you can you can make up a lot of bad looking shots right. with the um, mechanized, where the mechanical you're not really you can't really make right. up bad shots. You got you, you're kind of locked into a, you know a certain limited totally. uh, amount of shots. Yeah. So I agree with you, man. You gotta if you can learn on that yeah. first. It just teaches you the fundamentals
1: of a moving camera. Hundred percent. And I, you know, there is a bigger learning curve, in my opinion, to learning the mechanical methods. And so to become a skilled operator, it's not one of those things that you can say, Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this for a week or two, and even a month or two, and really feel dialed in as an operator, like it is a journey to become a talented, you know, steady cam operator, which is why they make, you know, such great day rates is because it's not like it is a very difficult skill to learn how to do at a high level, Um, but if you're willing to, you know, do the climb and the journey of, you know, putting in your hours to become an expert at it, when you pick up a motorized gimbal, I think that you will become a better operator, um, having put your 10,000 hours in, you know, becoming an expert at, um, you know, a mechanical stabilizer.
0: Yeah, I agree. So going to actually doing the work and being the expert. Like where do you start, right? Like how do you how do you learn the techniques?
1: Yeah, well, man, I'm a big proponent of of not having your very first day with a new piece of equipment mm. on set. Uh, if you've never used a tool in your toolkit, off set. It is not the first place to learn on set. Never. And and so for me, I shot a ton of passion projects when I was getting started where I could fail forward um, in learning how to, you know, operate properly. That said, if you have time to do it in your free time, you know, chasing your dog around a house, uh, chasing a family member, you know, th- across the yard, um, tracking You know, whatever it is, even just filming static, you know, without an object in the frame, learning how to balance it properly, and it's really like the major, the majority of it is all in your. For me, it's my left hand uh, is how I move the stabilizer uh, when I utilize it because I'm holding the weight with my right hand. I'm using my left hand to uh, turn the turn the gimbal. Same, Um, and so learning how to become an expert at the the smallest Midas touch of you know the little things here and there to where you can translate a movement like you want to and not just like oh, this is what's happening like it's full control. I'm getting the exact shot that I w- you know desired to. Um, I think there's just a ton a ton of practice needed to become good at that. Funny flashback
0: story. So, again, this is circa, you know, 2000 and, I don't know, 12 or something. Yeah. And, you know, gone through some gimbals and was on the glide cam. And uh, huge fan of Devin Supertramp. I was like, this oh, yeah. guy's slaying it. The go. You Shout know, out. Yes. And uh, good job, Devin. And then, you know, watching, uh, I was like, how does he get his shot so well? And back then, you know, we'd search YouTube or even how and stuff back yeah. then and couldn't really find videos that you can now, right? There's so many good tutorials. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is get a mentor totally to teach you uh or and or watch a lot of YouTube videos and practice practice practice, right? Like you said. But back then I couldn't find anything right. on YouTube on how these people were operating these glide camps and finally I found a video of somebody that had filmed Devin. They had like caught him. Maybe it was one of his BTS guys. It was, you know, way back early on with him, even I think. And it was like somebody that was like stopped him in the street. Maybe it was stage, but he was like, hey, you know, hey, show us, show us the technique, Devin. And, and yeah, Devin yeah. like talked about the that touch, that little, he's like, This is how I guide it. This is the stance. He gave like a little quick breakdown to I think a fan is who recorded and put it on mm-hmm. YouTube. I watched that video and it changed my entire <laughs> glide cam game. So I'd say look for the right videos too. There's a lot of tutorials out there, but find mentors in person if you can and get some of that one-on-one. But then the, you got to put in the work and practice. But then also find even a, a mentor online, right? Yeah. Find that Devin Supertramp, that person that you say, "Wow, they're they're an expert at this tool," and let me learn uh, from them. And at, again, at the time, he didn't have a lot. Of, I think they had right. master classes, all sorts of stuff out now but find that person and then, and then learn their techniques yeah. and then master them yourself.
1: Yep, dig it. So if somebody is thinking about getting one or the other and they're only gonna get one, in your opinion, which tool are you gonna tell them to start with? You gotta pick one, choose your fighter. Uh,
0: I'm, I have to cheat on this. I'm gonna say, well, what kind of projects are you working on? Because <sighs> if, you're, if you're a wedding videographer and you're just starting out, I'm gonna tell you a mechanical um, because you've probably got a one camera body and you're flipping between you know taking it off doing different shots same thing vent recap so if you're kind of starting out um, maybe mechanical um, because I really want you to learn on that too yeah. uh, selfishly um, but if uh, maybe if you are a little more advanced but you you want to get into the the gimbals I would say mechanized uh, and, and you have like different types of projects where you're needing those different types right. of shots so I'm leaning towards mechanized yep. I would say um just because I do think there's a little bit more that you can do with it I would agree um but the mechanical man there's just something about it you know like we said there's like this how the motion magical, translates yeah. yeah it's hard to beat human directed motion and moves with the mechanical gimbals yep. um and the mechanized you know but again but it's hard to beat the versatility and right. uh, 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 the utility of the shots yep. that you can do with the mechanized,
1: I agree, bro. I agree. Well, I think this has been a great episode. Is there anything else before we sign off that you want to uh, chop up on the the gimbal debate or anything else you want to leave your audience with? Man, I, I I can't think
0: of anything else other than practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And do, don't you will get frustrated. Yeah. You will a hundred percent be frustrated, and that is normal when you balance the, the dang thing. Yeah. That's normal. Like, walk away. Give it some time. Come back. Watch another video. You're missing something. You're missing – find out what you're missing. Once that – you're going to have like a lot of aha light bulb moments and like just don't give up on it because uh, it is a very – can be frustrating and time-consuming tool to learn. But it's such a valuable tool and will add so much production value to your films and to you as an artist when people want to hire you.
1: (laughs) We're going to have to clip that. That was a great soundbite. <laughs> nice. Well, um, dude, thank you so much for uh, putting your two cents in. Um, before we sign off, I want to make sure that I tell all of our listeners, one, if you've made it to this episode, we are stoked and we appreciate you and welcome to the, the show. But it would mean the world to us if you followed us on all social platforms. Stay connected. Stay in touch. Uh, If you have questions, shoot us a DM. We're here to answer your questions as well and get connected with our audience. And it would mean the world to us if on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, you could drop a review on that because that will help us grow to give you guys more content uh, like this. So thank you guys. And please leave a review.
0: Absolutely. Man. I want to go break out the glide cam, bro.
1: Hundred percent. We got to do it. Let's go,
0: brother.